Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Nobody takes away your your um, ability to be happy and grateful today. Nobody does. You can give it away, but nobody's going to take that away. Nor does anybody take away the, the ability to have empathy and compassion for yourself. Even if you said something you're embarrassed about, even if you reacted, you can have compassion. You can clean up your mess. You can make up for the damage done. And to me, that's great parenting because none of us are perfect, right? So we can't teach them perfection and that sets them up to fail to try to make them be perfect. So let's let go of perfection as well. But can we show them someone who's human, who knows how to have um, forgiveness and compassion, someone who's brave and takes ownership, someone who's willing to grow and clean up their mess, right? Someone who's willing to let it go and trust in a power bigger than ourselves. To me, is there any better lesson we can teach our children on how to be human? Thanks Parenting, where we introduce you to experts who share proven approaches to parenting, co-parenting, and step-parenting that we were never taught and need now more than ever. Parenting is one of the most important and difficult roles we take on. And even with married parents, it's by no means an easy job. Divorcing parents are faced with the added trauma of divorce, the overwhelm and exhaustion from single parenting, the wide-ranging, thorny challenges of co-parenting, and the monumental effort needed when you enter into a blended family with hers, his, ours, and all the exes. We need rock-solid skills, approaches, guidance, and support, and that's what All Things Parenting is designed to offer. I am so excited. We are kicking off our single parenting series today, discussing the secret to effective single parenting during and post-divorce. Today's expert navigated a 12-year, yes, 12-year custody battle and wrote a powerful book for single moms entitled, When Mom is Happy, Everyone's Happy. We're about to explore emotional triggers, personal power, and the inner work necessary to stay centered and present while consciously raising our kids. As we As we do throughout the series, we discuss the challenges of navigating the other parent and all the baggage you have with them, while ensuring your intention to be the best parent drives your choices and your behaviors. My guest today is intimacy expert, Alana Pratt. 
She's a global media personality and a go-to authority for those who have suffered heartbreak and are ready to live unapologetically and attract an open-hearted, ideal relationship. Today, Alana shares her divorce journey with us, her lengthy custody battle, how she navigates co-parenting, and how you can foster a healthy relationship with your children post-divorce. I am very excited for today's conversation. Welcome, Alana. Oh, thank you, Karen. I've already got shivers. It's a good sign that there's some good, good information and inspiration coming down for our, our listeners today. So thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, I know you you swim in the waters of helping people find healthy romantic relationship. And yet your backstory, I think, is so aligned with what our listeners are going through. So can you talk a little bit about about uh, your marriage and and the dissolution of it and that custody battle? Absolutely. Um, This idea of being an intimacy expert is really about our intimate relationship with ourself. I'm not like a sex tantrika or anything. Um, Really, what I've discovered is that when we have this transparent, solid, honest, vulnerable relationship with ourself, we can then attract that, cultivate that, not just with our beloved, but with our children as well. And I didn't have one of those Karen, I didn't have one of those healthy, intimate relationships. I decided to marry my son's father right when my mother was dying. My heart was closed and I was terrified of losing my best friend, my mom. And I thought, you know, a man is a plan. A man and a baby is a plan. And I totally overrode um, doing any of the deep inner work, doing any of my healing work. I just um, sort of sprinkles on top of the ice cream cone of crap. And I just put on a happy face and I got through my mother's death and I got pregnant and I discovered that a closed heart, it's science. We attract who we are, whether we want to admit it or not. My closed heart attracted a closed hearted man. So not to condone his behaviors, but to own my side of the street that I wasn't uh, healed from my mother's death when I made such a big decision to get married and have a child. I was still very, very wounded and reeling from that that loss. And so as we went into this um, very fast marriage, we even got married in Vegas, like the whole um, everything about it, you know, smelled of girls, slow down. But I didn't want to feel the devastating pain of of that loss. And that was my second marriage. I was married when I was in my early 20s. I was a a model in Japan. And he was a tall, dark and handsome, rich, you know, Wall Street guy. And I thought, you know, this is the life. And, and that was my, we'll call it my damsel in distress marriage, when I was Mm. looking for a man to save me. So with this second marriage, I'm like, no, 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 I'm the boss, babe. I'm in charge. I got this. Mom just died. Doesn't matter. Let's have a kid. Um, But, uh, but it really was the opposite side of the same coin. The, the, the try to be controlling in my masculine energy was the opposite of my wounded feminine energy. Same, same. And the only one in common with those two divorces now was me. So it was about a year into the second marriage where he was so angry and he quit the day uh, our child was born. He texted me in the hospital to let me know um, that we could just live off my mom's inheritance. And I realized, OMG, I've made a horrible mistake. And then when I tried to attempt to get him on board with our life, um, he got very angry and very scary. And so I filed for divorce again and thought, you know, we're just going to 
parallel parent, two different homes is totally fine. We don't even need to necessarily agree on everything. There can be a beautiful blend of his values and my values. I could, I could always see what was right about it. But what I didn't see is that because he had a closed heart from his point of view, I humiliated him. I divorced him publicly. He was ashamed. And an open-hearted person who does the conscious work, takes ownership, cleans up their side of the street, makes up for the damage done, you know, you co-parent. But a closed heart doesn't do that. A closed heart gets revenge. And so it was his job um, to, you know, be righteous and get back at me for publicly humiliating him to attempt to take our child away from me. And I won't go into all the details, Karen, but let's just say every new school I went to, everybody knew I was batshit crazy. All these stories that weren't true. I walked into, you know, PTA meetings and everybody staring at me and pointing the finger that he had gone ahead of time to degrade my character. And it was devastating. That's one half of it. The other side of it was, who am I going to be in the face of this? Am I going to play the same game of revenge? Am I going to try to get him back? Am I going to try to justify and plead my my worthiness and I'm a good mom? Like there was such deep personal growth in all of these challenges. And I'm talking challenges on the stand, even like in court where they would question my character. I'm an intimacy expert. I'm a certified coach. I coach celebrities. I have 5 million, you know, viewers on my YouTube channel. I've interviewed Alanis Morissette. I'm very together, but they would say, oh, you must be a prostitute. You're an intimacy expert. You're not fit to be a mother. I mean, it was awful what I went through and had to keep my heart open. But the beautiful growth is nothing ever happens against us. Everything is happening for us, for our growth, our evolution, so that we can, bottom line, forgive ourselves forgive our partner, do the inner work and not and allow ourselves to be bigger than our circumstances, no matter what they say, no matter what they do, no matter what they accuse, to not react, to do as Viktor Frankl has taught us. There's the experience and then there's the you know reaction. But if we open up that space in the middle is a pause. It's a space to respond, not react. And that is very deep spiritual training to do when your kids are on the line. And your reputation is on the line and you feel so out of control when your kids are at the other house and what's going on and what's being said. I'm not saying this is easy, but I am saying it is for you to become your best self and then be that best self for your children, regardless of what your partner does, ex-partner does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just said that so beautifully. And what's fascinating to me is here you are an example with this extreme of a 12 year custody battle. So it's like, I know I have listeners who are like, you know, forgiveness is a four letter word. And uh, yeah, that makes sense for many people, but you don't, you haven't met my ex yet. And so, so, and we, we speak the same language. It's all about your inner work and keeping your side of the street clean. And I can't wait to hear the unfolding of this. So your child was an infant or a toddler when you entered divorce? He was one. Yes, he was one. Wow. Yeah, I was still, my breasts were still filled with milk. I mean, it was a really tough time to say goodbye. And yet I remember my parents who stayed together for 30 years and they taught me everything not to do with love Mm -hmm. and relationships. And how I wished they had 
honored us kids by saying, you know what? Your mom and dad aren't in love anymore, but we love you. And we're going to raise you in separate homes. And I could have watched two people behave with such kindness, maybe go on to have two separate healthy marriages. And I could have grown up in a completely different world. So when there was that moment where I said, oh my God, I did it again. I made another mistake. I could stay and do the whole fakey fake, which kids sense. And I could have yes. conflict and, and anger inside the house all the time, or I could let go and do my best to create two healthy households. So that's what, that's why I chose from one years old to, to get the divorce. Fast forward after 12 years. So he's 13. One day he pulls into the driveway with his dad and he leaves the door open. So his dad apparently can see what's going on and he takes all of his stuff and he very loudly says, I'm going to live with dad. Don't try to stop me. At this point, I had lost my house. I had lost my savings. I was in a quarter of a million dollars of legal debt. My reputation on all the schools and all the PTA meetings was in the gutter. But at least I had my son's respect. At least I had my son around. And I still had legal custody, physical custody. And then that happened. And I remember dropping to the cold, it was a cold marble floor. And there were not even any tears to cry. Because I'd lost everything that I valued. But now I'd lost every one that I'd valued. And I remember very distinctly in sort of like mm, keep it together shock mode. I said to my staff, I need a cabin in the middle of nowhere. I need to have a nervous breakdown Friday through Sunday and I'll work <laughs> Monday through Thursday. And I'm going to do that as long as it takes to heal my heart because, oh my God, I, the real one I'd lost was me. The real one I'd lost with me. I was trying so hard just to keep my son and look good and be a good mom. And I'd lost it all. So it was about a year and a half in this little A-frame where I literally every weekend would sit on the deck with uh, my journal and I would cry and I would pray and I would just say, help me. What have I done wrong here? I know I'd been programmed um, ineffectively from watching parents that got a divorce and fought all the time. I know that I don't have a solid, intimate relationship with myself. I'm blaming myself, shaming myself. I feel humiliated. I'm criticizing myself or... I'm avoiding myself, abandoning myself, disassociating, just having another glass of wine, getting on social media. I get that I don't have a solid, intimate relationship with myself. Please help me. And so I was guided in my intuition to write down a list of all my fears. Maybe my son will never talk to me again. Maybe I'll die alone. I mean, the really ugly, scary ones. Yeah. I wrote the whole list down. And then what I did is I put at the beginning of the sentence, even though everyone might opt out of Facebook because now they see behind the scenes and how can I be a intimacy relationship coach when my life is such a shit show, even though blah, 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 I love and accept myself. And I went down the list and I said it over and over and over. And I started to discover that I had an insight. I had a lot of little Alanas. Inside my heart, the humiliated one, the terrified one, the ashamed one, a lot of them. And I had been sticking them in the back corner of my heart. Maybe I'd open the door and hit them with a two by four and tell them <laughs> stop being so scared and get a grip. Or maybe I would just abandon them. And I really imagine in my mind's eye, they had no color on their skin. They'd been in the dark for decades. They were emaciated. I hadn't fed them with love or care or listening. Like I really visualized little Alana, all of them. And then what I decided after reading this over and over, and even all these years later, it makes me teary. I decided to go inside my heart and, and throw away the key. 
and sit with all the little Alanis and hold them. Imagine feeling holding them against my breast and saying, you know what? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for how cruel I've been or how I've abandoned you. And anytime I've come in, I've had a strategy and an agenda. Like as long as you, you know, shut up, then we can get the guy. We can get the money. We can get our kid back. We, I had an agenda every time. I never actually cared about listening to the part of me that was so devastated. I never mm -hmm. learned how to feel my feelings with these aspects of myself. So I threw away the key and I sat there in my imaginary heart with all my little Alanas. And I said, I commit to sitting with you, even if it takes eternity. I will not judge you again. And I will not leave you again. And we will become one. And I don't know about you and your path, Karen, but I've had various, I call them direct experiences with the true nature of the divine. And that's one of them, that day on the deck where gravity fell away. There was no separation between me and the mountains. I could feel my son as if I could even feel his breath against my skin. I felt held by God, goddess, Shiva, Shakti, the divine, whatever words you like to use. And I felt enough. I didn't feel like a champion. I didn't feel ecstatic, but I felt enough. And that day changed everything. Lo and behold, my son called me about five months later and just said, mom, I did that all on purpose. It was an act. It was the only way to create peace. I know what I'm doing. Don't try to stop me. And so we saw each other secretly for a very, for a few more years. I allowed him, I relinquished, I didn't sign any documents, but I allowed him to live 100% with his dad and not exercise and force that I have legal custody too and you need to stay with me this amount of time and I just let it all go. And we had our secret relationship because if my name was ever brought up in that other household, rage ensued. And he didn't know what he was doing to create peace. And his father um, is, is Jewish. And so a bar mitzvah is age 13. At age 13, they're a man. They're a young man. <laughs> but I honored he's a man. He knows what he's doing. I'm going to trust his journey of manhood. And I'm wow. going to take the high road. And I'm not going to be bitter. And I'm not going to say, I miss you. I miss you. And guilt trip him. I'm going to integrate my wounds. I'm going to honor his decision. And I'm going to let him return to me on his timeline, on his schedule. And I'm going to let him discover who his dad is, all the wonderful qualities that I can't provide that he has. And I believe he's going to have some insights into a human being that would not encourage contact with the other parent. And he can come to terms as a man in his own time of, of that he loves his father. And this is what he agrees with. And this is what he disagrees with. And I, by no means was a perfect parent. I hope he comes to the place where he loves me and forgives me for when I was not my best self and appreciates for me for when I was. And so as of this date, I still haven't had contact with him. And it's hard. And Mother's Days, sometimes I just have a good attitude and I text all my other mother friends and I send them champagne and flowers and I just sort of bypass a bit. And uh, this last year, I locked myself in the closet with a... I'm telling totally the truth with Kleenex and the mirror and a candle and a bottle of Prosecco. And I looked in my eyes and I said, how you doing? Little mom, Alana, how you doing? Mm -hmm. In many years, it's been, that was 13. He's now almost 20. 
So it's been many years that I haven't held my child or talked to my child. And then I've taken the high road and I just gave myself permission to sob. I sobbed in that closet for maybe three hours. But what I did is I looked in my eyes and I acknowledged my pain and I didn't try to fix it. I acknowledged my bravery. I acknowledged my patience. And then when my experience as an intimacy expert, when we really acknowledge, listen, understand, feel, slow down, there's a sense of completion, home, oneness, alignment, stillness that occurs on the inside. And then we can hear God, the divine. We can hear our truth and our wisdom. We can hear our intuition and our instincts. And what I got to is there's nothing wrong here. His soul, I believe, chose us as parents for his evolution. I chose my ex and my son for my evolution. We're all doing our best. Keep doing the work. Be kind when you need to cry. And be brave every day and show up again. And tell my story, as I'm so honored and privileged, Karen, to be able to share with you here, so that other parents who are going through some version, worse or better, can go, well, I'm not alone. And there are communities, coaches, people who get it, who can help me heal my wounds so that I can live with my heart splayed wide open in the face of anything for myself, my soul, but as an example for my child. Wow. What a powerful story. What a, what, what a, what a heartbreaking and inspiring journey all at the same time. Thank you. Yeah. That's a lot of years as, you know, there's a lot of, I can hear the grief and I can hear the honoring and, you know, for, for our listeners who are more in the high conflict realm uh, than, than the garden variety divorce realm. I think that um, this is such an important message because, you know, there's one thing to say you have to do the inner work, but the picture that you just painted of um, the heavy lift that it is, the, the brilliant gift that it can be. And the other thing that I'm hearing, Alana, is that this isn't just a gift for yourself, the, the, um, the example that you're being to this young man who has these very different parents and, and navigating a very complex situation. Um, the example that you're being is just brilliant because, you know, we talk so much about breaking generational chains and, you know, you grew up maybe in a, a marriage that stayed together and shouldn't have. I grew up in, in a family where my parents got divorced and it was a very high conflict. And, and you see, you see the generational chains. And I'm so passionate about what we do as parents and single parents to break those chains, to up-level our children's experience, their perspective, their connection with the divine. And so I just, I just want to thank you for the beautiful story and just, I'm, 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 I'm so touched by what you've been through and how you've you're you've come out, you know, the phoenix rising. I mean, it's amazing what you do for other people and what you've done for yourself. Mm, I appreciate your acknowledgement. Thank you. I'm stubborn. I'm not going down. <laughs> I'm not giving up. <laughs> and when I don't know what else to do, what always makes me feel better is contributing to others. 
if I can help someone resolve conflict, not in 12 years, but in, in one or two, and the rest of their life is different, somehow it makes it all better. Yeah. Um, and one of the one of the first lessons that helped me that I hope can help the the listeners, I was so stuck in how unfair it well it all is. Okay, so that's the first lesson here. Life is unfair. Let's get over yeah. it. Life is unfair. And so we don't want to hook on to that. How could they? How dare they? Why? Because they did. Kangaroos jump, fish swim. Your ex does what your ex does. That's the end of the sentence, okay? And it's not fair and it's not fun and it is what it is. So that lifts us out of victim super fast. Yep. Number number two, I remember one time, I won't go into the details of what he did, but it's, it's I didn't even think someone could be this evil. But there I was. And I said to my coach, my ex is a lying, conniving F-head. But I said the whole word. I don't know how much swearing I'm allowed to do here. But anyways, and he said, and he goes, well, that's great. Where are you that? nowhere. I'm an upstanding person. I'm a coach. I do all this kind of stuff. He's like, nope. I am you. You are me. We are one. Where are you a lying, conniving F head? And I said, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. And that's when he showed me what I referred to earlier from my ex's point of view, because I said I would marry him forever and never leave him. According to his point of view, I lied. I was conniving. I only wanted him because I didn't know how to be alone when my mother died. And I'm an F head, right? So according to his point of view, I'm the very same thing he's accusing me of. That really levels the playing field. That takes away superior, inferior. I'm better, you're worse. You're unconscious, I'm conscious. All of that comparison that keeps our 3D zero-sum game, winner, loser reality in place, that dissolves that. Because I'm no better than my ex. I'm different but I'm no better. And that brings us over into 5D, fifth dimensional, where it's a win-win for all. Now we're on the same team for our children. That was huge. That took me a good seven years to figure out. But anyways, we can hopefully get that a lot faster for for our listeners today. So it's not fair. Let that go. And you're no better or worse. You're different. But everything that they can accuse you of, you can probably be accused of. Like, we're we're all the same. We're all doing our best. And what that does is it takes our attention from the outside out there, blame, 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 to the inside where our power truly lies. And this comes back to our intimate relationship with ourselves. The only one we can control, change, or evolve is ourself. We can influence our children, but we can't control them either. And we sure as hell can't control our exes. And so to waste all of that energy outside in is futile makes you exhausted, makes you reacting, makes you not sleep well, makes you drink too much, makes you snap at the kids, be passive aggressive, but it makes you do all the things that then you feel ashamed of and guilty about, which lowers your vibration even more. So we want to just, it is what it is. I'm not saying turn a, like a blind eye. I'm just saying, let go of your attachment to trying to control something you can't and turn it on the inside and decide who you're going to be and take ownership and grow energetically. I'm such a science geek. I interview all of these quantum physicists on my podcast. Energetically, when we let go of our, where you put your attention, it's going to grow. When you start to put your attention on the inside, reality starts to shift. Your measurable coherence, which is a way you can measure your heart's um, ability to be in appreciation, gratitude. We can measure this stuff, We can also, and this is important, we can also measure when we're attached to the results. Like with my inner balance from HeartMath, I've had the honor of leading a guided meditation at the annual HeartMath conference. What an honor. But we can measure 
we can measure our coherence. And if we're in appreciation for our situation, it goes up. If we're in compassion for ourselves, our coherence goes up. But if we're attached to the result, it has to look a certain way, it goes down. So we need to be able to have such a solid, intimate relationship with ourself and the divine and our heart and our soul and whatever words work for you. And then you let it go. You give it over, let go, let God, whatever you want to say, the measurable coherence on the inner balance goes up when we let go. That gives space for miracles, people. That gives space for an outcome that's even better than you could ever imagine. And it allows you to walk with a little more lightness in your step. And I'm not here to say it's fun. I'm not saying to be Pollyanna, but nobody takes away your your, um, ability to be happy and grateful today. Nobody does. You can give it away. But nobody's going to take that away, nor does anybody take away the the ability to have empathy and compassion for yourself. Even if you said something you're embarrassed about, even if you reacted, you can have compassion, you can clean up your mess, you can make up for the damage done. And to me, that's great parenting because none of us are perfect, right? So we can't teach them perfection and that sets them up to fail to try to make them be perfect. So let's let go of perfection as well. But can we show them someone who's human? who knows how to have um, forgiveness and compassion, someone who's brave and takes ownership, someone who's willing to grow and clean up their mess, right? Someone who's willing to let it go and trust in a power bigger than ourselves. To me, is there any better lesson we can teach our children on how to be human? Because that's what they're going to meet when they're in relationships and school and their marriages and their jobs. So let's just show them what it's like to be the best human we can be. Yeah. And and again, what a beautiful description of the um the fruits of that inner work that we have to do. And uh, you know, you you mentioned heart math. I I I have the uh the gadget. I so yep. I'm envisioning exactly yep, yep. and it's amazing how you can see what happens to your heart depending on where you're focusing your your energy and your 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 mental focus. And so, you know, so often. I'm asked the question about like, how can I possibly feel in control going through divorce and, and single parenting post-divorce and, and in your two stories, the answer is, um, empowerment lies in focusing on what you have control over and, and choosing who you want to be and how you want to be. And then taking that choice and that intention and going out and facing the difficult personalities and the difficult choices of our children and 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 holding on to that intention and holding on to that growth and using one of my favorite sayings is every upset is a setup for personal growth using every every struggle every challenge to not control outwardly but to go in and to your point when you constantly when that becomes where you go how you respond completely changes who you are how you choose to be completely changes your friends and loved ones deeply care about you. But if you're honest, while they mean well, when it comes to your divorce, they just don't get it. And sometimes you leave those conversations feeling even more isolated. If you're lonely and craving connection and support, 
check out our high conflict divorce support group where an intimate group of 12 people gather from the comfort of their homes to hear, see, and encourage each other while our JBD team of coaches provide emotional support and practical guidance. There's no reason to take this journey alone. If you've been yearning for support, go to journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash HCDSG and register today. control anybody. I can choose, I can make choices of how to be in charge, take the reins of my life, not be a victim to my circumstances. Um, But if we let even go of the word control um, and just say, I'm in charge of me, I'm in charge of me. I'm the boss of me. I've got the chariot reins for me. Um, I find that that is, is very empowering. And we completely let go of trying to be in control of our partner. Now I know how many mediators, how many negotiations just over custody and not picking them up when they said they like, I know all of the stuff that goes on and how hard it can be. And ultimately you get to choose. There's that space. Am I going to react or respond? Am I going to let this go? Or am I going to hang on to it and let it keep me up all night? We all have choices. We all have tools. I have group coaching communities and private. There's people every single week we get together and there's a safe space, just a letter rip and be heard and understood and not fixed. Just, just thank you. Tell me more. So it's very important to have people that don't want to give you advice that don't want to fix it. That don't say, well, isn't she a bitch or an, isn't he an asshole? Like you need people around who are, um, loving heart, open witnesses to receive Yes. Your authentic communication and just say, thank you. What else? Yep. And then they did this. Thank you. I hear you. What else? And just empty right. you out. This yeah. is very important to do. Or you'll just spin in your head. You'll just spin right. in your head and it'll be up all night and it'll be with you and it will get in the way of you being able to respond. You'll just react because you're just filled with all of this unprocessed communication. And you have every right to be upset. You have every right to be mad or sad or whatever you are. We just want to process it pre-chatting with your partner, chatting with your ex-partner or chatting with your children. We want to process it first. So another one of the skills, very simple, but it really helped me is I taught my son about 700 on his clock radio in his room because he would come in the room at like 4.30 or 5 and I barely slept. I had no time to meditate, process, cry, journal, talk to my coach. I didn't have time to do anything and I wasn't a great mom. And I realized, wow, I can take charge even here at home as a single mom. So I said, okay, here's the deal. You get to come in when it says 700, because then mommy will have found patience and kindness. Took three days of sleep training, I guess we could call it. Um, And I remember he came in at 430 and I didn't make eye contact. I put my hand on the small of his back. I turned him around. I walked him back into his bed and I said, 700. And then I closed the door. That was day one. Day two, I think it was more like 6 a.m. Again, no eye contact, hand on the small of the back, which is a very nourishing, safe place to make them feel. Back to bed, 700. Third morning, he comes in with the clock radio pulled out of the wall. You know, the cord here. Because it doesn't say 700 anymore when it's pulled out, but he was trying to show me. 700, mommy, have you found your patience and kindness? And I was like, yes, I have. 
And then I praised him and you are my hero. Thank you. And that became our new morning routine. So we also have to take responsibility that we can't be our best parent on empty. We can't go to bed at 2 a.m. having drank a bottle of wine and get up early and expect to be present and patient and playful and grateful. It's not possible. So I know those nights and I know all the things that I've gone to therapy to forgive myself for. And we can even choose how to create structure for self-care as a single mother or father to be our best self so that we can be our best self for our children. So that's another tool that's very, very important. You're in charge of coming from empty or full. No one's holding a gun to your head. You're in charge. You're not a victim. I know it's hard. Have a temper tantrum. And then pick yourself up and keep going and be around people that don't just... um, Say, I know you can do it. I believe in you. Like, that's nice and that's helpful. And that's sure better than someone who's going to blame your ex or blame you or what have you. But I really encourage you to be with somebody like you, Karen, or somebody like me, who's actually walked a little bit in your shoes. Because it's one thing to be heard, but it's another thing to be understood. I've tasted that vindictive, revengeful pain. Tell me more. As opposed to, wow, that sure sucks. Tell me more. It's different. It's a feeling gotten. It's a feeling met. It's feeling, it's really deep. And I believe it's really important uh, because many people don't get it. Many people don't get it. And everyone deserves to be gotten to the core. Yeah, absolutely. And you're really describing, you know, it's amazing how the simplicity of um, being a good listener And the gift of giving someone the gift of, I see you, I hear you, I am holding safe space for you, period, end of story, because that so often doesn't happen. And as you're talking, you know, a question I have for you is, so everyone's at a different uh, part of their journey in that self-awareness. And so Mm -hmm. you're describing you're describing your journey um, as a self-aware person. And part of what you're talking about requires someone to be able to know that they're triggered, to uh, know the the, the comment about um, your son. For me, there is such a sense that um, my children don't belong to me. I've been given the gift and the honor of raising them up and letting them go. And my children are 24 and 26. And so they're out in the world making decisions and how you choose to parent on every single level. I mean, you're helping to mold a human being. The better you are, the more conscious you are, the less attached you are to what they're supposed to do and when they're supposed to do it, the more of a gift. And so can you just talk a little bit about that journey to self-awareness that that we need to go through to be in this positive place? Yes, I love what you shared because we want to always be that askable parent, that parent that when they say, oh my God, this thing happened at school or this thing happened with this person I'm dating or this thing happened at my job, if we say, what? How could you? They're not going to talk to us again. But you know where that skill comes to go, wow. I remember one time Gabriel called. He was, I think, 16 at the time. Um, Just got his learners or something like that. And he called me. He goes, mom, so there's this girl. 
And she lives in Vegas and he lived in LA and me and my buddies, we're going to go drive and we're going to go meet her. And I go with your learner's license. And he's like, yeah, I go, no, I've practiced this internal relationship with myself when I'm mad or scared or terrified or ashamed, or I want to call the mafia. Like, you know, like all the things that happen during a divorce, I've practiced being with myself soothing myself, calming myself, validating myself, acknowledging myself, listening to myself. I've practiced this. So I've learned self-regulation to stay present with myself so that when he calls and says he's going to do that, I don't go. I ask him all these questions. I go, wow. So got it. So with a learner's license, hmm, have you driven that far before? Have you driven that long of a distance? I wonder what would happen if a cop pulled you guys over. Would that be illegal? And we just asked all, I asked all these questions. And at the end, he said something along the lines of, you know, maybe it's not such a good idea. Mom, I love talking to you. You always ask the best questions. Bye. Click. And I broke into tears and I just lost my thing. But I was able to be that askable parent in these moments when you want to jump through the phone and throttle them or control them. And I only know how to do that or was able to do that because I learned how to do that myself. So the reason why maybe it doesn't make a lot of initial sense that an intimacy expert would be the first interview on this parenting series, truly, it is our intimate relationship with ourself, our ability to acknowledge and validate, no longer criticize or abandon, care for in the face of horrific circumstances that we can't control to still keep our heart open, connected, acknowledging to ourselves. This is vulnerability. This is the beauty and strength of vulnerability that allow us to be great parents when they're at home, when they leave home, and when they get married one day. And the other thing is, if we, and this is very important, if we don't evolve this intimate relationship with ourself, guess who we're going to attract next to date? Our ex in another body. We're going to attract the exact same person, probably worse, because we didn't do the work. And then we're going to give up on love. And so in my opinion, there is no more important work that gives you a return on investment in every single area of your life than this core fundamental building block of our self-realization, which is our intimate relationship with ourself. It allows us to walk with as little regrets and as much grace as we can through our conflict and our divorce. It allows us to be the best parent we can be now and later. It allows us to attract healthy love, not just a recapitulation of the exact same issues again in another person. It affects our health and well-being. I I exercise, I eat well, but I don't have a muffin top anymore. I'm not doing that cortisol freak out thing anymore. My body's regulating and it's healthier than it's ever been. I have healthier business relationships, healthier friendships. And I also have learned to absolutely be happy alone. I was not happy alone before. I needed a man. I needed to be in conflict. I needed that hit. I needed, uh, I didn't know how to be. I didn't know how to be. And I didn't know how to be happy and fulfilled all by myself. And so this last New Year's, I was alone, grateful, quiet, but so proud of how far I've come. And I still haven't talked to my son. And I still haven't found my beloved. And I haven't given up. And I contribute to the world. And I'm very, very proud. I'm just looking at my mom's picture before we started. We commented on your beautiful background, which is from your mom. And my picture of my mom, I'm looking at right now. And she's been gone over 20 years. And I'm proud of myself. I'm proud. I've shifted the generational uh, pattern. I know she did her best. And I know she's proud of me. 
And this moment is enough, Karen. This moment is everything. This moment is a miracle. Yeah. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. And I think that that piece of all of the challenges that we face going through divorce and figuring out the co-parenting, that's a training ground for us to be our best self. And, you know, I was recently on a podcast and I was asked, like, what what's the thing you're most proud of? And Businesswoman's podcast. And I thought about it for a second. I said, I am most proud of the way I've parented and supported two human beings into young adulthood. And she said, I've never gotten that answer from a businesswoman before. And I was like, look, I'm thrilled with my business and my podcast and all of that. But if I had to pick one thing, I want to, that to me is being a stand for being healthy, for owning your own stuff. I love your example for as parents asking more than you tell so that you're helping your children figure out what they think and what they feel and what they want. Like that is to me, that's the greatest honor and the most important gift um, and job that we have. I agree. I agree. I just feel like I want to jump through zoom and hug you right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> high five and like high yeah. five high yeah five. you know this has been i had told alana when she first came on you just you just happened to drop into my first interview and now at the end of it talk about divine perfection there couldn't have been um, in my opinion, a more perfect kickoff to talking about all things parenting and how to do the best you can. And so I just want to thank you so much for your vulnerability, for sharing your wild and amazing and beautiful story and um, and for the heart that you have to support your boy from afar Um in such a loving way. And uh, so thank you, Alana, so much. I'm honored to have shared this with you. And in my experience, I've been interviewed probably almost a thousand times. And the way I can share is directly related to the depth of my listener. So thank you so much for listening with your full open heart and the beautiful conversation that we shared in contribution to everyone else today. Thank you. You've been listening to our podcast, Getting Educated, Regulating Your Emotional Reactions, and it's been really helpful. Yet you know you could do better, be better, and you're wanting and needing more support. That's where our coaching service is a game changer. We're here for you when you need us the most, ensuring you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you to be more effective. Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. As we wrap up, would you share um, 
where people can find you. I know you have a free gift. All, all of what Alana is about to say will be in the show notes as well, but can you share? Yes. Thank you so much. Um, my site is my name, Alana Pratt, A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T.com. And we have a quiz and the link will be in, in the show notes. And it's an intimacy blind spot quiz. And so a lot of times when we are in these conflictual relationships, it's, we know, we're smart. We listen to podcasts, we read the books, and yet the conflict continues. And it's because it's not something you can see. It's something unseen, an unhealed, unconscious blind spot, an emotional trigger, an unresolved trauma. I know everybody's doing their best. I know if you could see it, you would heal it but it's still there. And so this quiz, it's complimentary, will show you, oh, that's actually why I'm giving my power away, why I keep getting triggered, why I can't get out of this loop of conflict. And it's going to support you personally. It's going to support you throughout your divorce. It's going to support you with single parenting. It'll support you with finding healthy love again, because as I said, it all comes back to our own intimate relationship with ourself. And then I'm also on social media, Instagram, big YouTube following, my own podcast, Intimate Conversations, lots of places for more content to support you on your journey so that you know you're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. And if you haven't, uh, check out Intimate Conversations, Alana's podcast. It's fabulous. Um, mm -hmm. And as podcasters, if you're looking for a really solid one to add, um, go to, go there. Thank you so much for, for joining us, for sharing your story and for kicking off our parenting series just so beautifully. I, I deeply appreciate you. All my love and my honor. Thank you. And we'll be back again real soon with another episode of our All Things Parenting program. Until then, we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one -on -one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.